Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business, so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So each week, we take a listener's questions about a topic that they were interested in. They went to our website, techgumbo.net, and submitted a question. This week, I had the question, and my question was, is IBM's Watson an LLM? That's a great question. And the answer is no. So we spent a lot of time talking recently about ChatGPT and Bard and Bing Chat and all these other, you know, Facebook has their llama and all of these large language models. And so the it came up and whenever we were talking about these things, your question was, oh, well, what happened to Watson? Wasn't Watson one of these? And the answer is that Watson was really good for a decade ago, but that ultimately the technology just wasn't there yet. The information wasn't there yet. The ability to scrape the entirety of the internet and feed it into a model didn't exist yet. To have the models be good enough or smart enough to make use of all that information wasn't there yet. And that ultimately, whenever you see a lot of these T's in these models, so Google has BERT, you have ChatGPT, that T stands for transformer. And that's a specific component of the technology, which is maybe five years old at the most. And it was a revolution in this machine learning process that just exploded the bottleneck. And that is why we've seen these generational transformations so quickly is because of that transformer technology. So no, Watson was just far too early to have this deep advanced technology inside of it. And it, IBM basically scrapped it and sold it for parts and then have rebooted Watson which with the brand under something new. Yeah, they're calling it Watson X. And it's now your digital assistant. And you'll you'll start seeing a lot of ads for this, I'm sure, because that's what IBM does. But thank you very much for the answer. That was enlightening to me. And 
Uh, hope you learned a little something too. If you would like to submit a question, we would love you to go to our website, techgumbo.net. Go to the tab that says question of the week, and you can submit your question there. If we use your question, we will send you a Tech Gumbo mug for free. So moving on to the big story of the week, which continues to be artificial intelligence. It's really going to be the big story of the year or the decade or our lifetimes. We're going to start off with the fact that these different LLMs have a little different political bias. This is a fascinating but very predictable finding. And it was a study with researchers at several different universities. And ultimately, what they did was they ran a lot of these large language models through the political compass. It is a four-quadrant political model. So you have the left and right as we think about it, but you also have authoritarian and libertarian is the other dimension there. And they found that these models really kind of run the gamut here. That's right. You have GPT-4 which was the most left-wing libertarian, but you had Meta's Llama, which was the most right-wing authoritarian. So now, to be fair, none of these are on the extreme ends of the scales. They all fit somewhere in the middle of the whole pattern, but they definitely do skew a little to the right or a little to the left, a little to the authoritative or a little bit to the libertarian. And so... It's just fascinating as to why they have their own different biases. Yeah, the researchers speculated that a lot of this comes not because the people who made the models had their beliefs they were trying to shove in, but it just comes down to what were the models trained on. That one of the more authoritarian and conservative models was Bert from Google, and that it was trained on older books. And that older books just happen to be more conservative, whereas GPTs was trained on the internet. And a lot of internet written text tends to be a little bit more liberal. And so a lot of the bias that exists in your input data will come out in your output data. And this is something that is incredibly common across all of technology that and especially all of your machine learning all these things whenever you are feeding in large data sets bias in is bias out garbage in is garbage out all these rules still hold the fact that they're they were not trying to create these biases the fact that it just happened inadvertently based upon the different data information that they were going after and Almost like, you know, the way humans learn things, you give that information and it's going to learn a different way of doing things. Very, very fascinating. That is truly the interesting part about all of this is that we call it machine learning and down to the very technical level and the way that it actually learns they build neurons and they stack layers and layers of neurons on top of each other to try and simulate how the brain has an idea. And, you know, you have that electrical impulse fire through all the neurons and that's what we call an idea. You have the digital impulse, which fires through all of the digital neurons. And that's what we call an output for one of these things too. And so 
if you have a person and they sit there and they only consume one source of information, yeah, they're going to be biased. You have to, as a person, consume a lot of different sources of information, a lot of different types of information. And the same thing is true for our language models. Moving along, the generative AI is theorized that it could revolutionize email, not for the good guys. Yeah, there are just so many ways in which these large language models and this generative AI could break a lot of different things. And one of them is email. If you already think that you get a lot of email, imagine if all of a sudden your email was hyper-personalized, hyper-specific, and was not able to be filtered by our current generation of spam catchers. For, for the longest time, one of the easiest ways to defend yourself against phishing emails was just look at the broken English. And if it just didn't read right, okay, red flag, boom, gone. Well, these large language models know how to put together a decent sentence. may not be the best sentence, but at least it's not a broken language where it looks like someone from North Korea is trying to translate into English in Usually that's where a lot of the phishing comes from because that's where it is. You have now these these LLMs can clean up that language and that takes away the first line of defense against phishing. Yeah, this is just going to add another tool in their arsenal because not only can you have people who don't speak English naturally filter all this in, but the ability to take some of your data which is stolen and then weave this in so whenever you are a person who is reading this it can look like a conversation you could send a back and forth several times to where if, if you say oh is this real that they could say oh don't worry Haggai I understand why you think that this could be suspicious but I'm here to allay your concerns do not worry we are actually Chase Bank send us your credit card number that's that's really convincing. And it's not e not even just has that it has to look like it came from Chase Bank. If it if you're an amateur hacker and you just have Chat GPT four, do some research. Give me the names of three generations of this specific family. Go find as much as you can about the three generations. And I find the kid's name who's in high school and what classes that those kids in high school look like. And I know what grandma's email address is now. I can send grandma an email saying, hey, grandma, I need some money because I want to go fill in the blank and have it look like it came from the grandchild. And grandma and grandpa is going to say, oh, look, let's go take care of our grandkid and not think twice about it. And it will all be completely automated. It'll all be completely smooth. It'll all be natural. And that is the scary part is that we are going to be building new tools that have to catch these things that Google says that they have developed a new tool that is designed to catch all these things. It better work because basically what we've done here is that we've built a new game that much like we have cybersecurity where you have the bad guys who are always trying to have their new creative version of whatever hack they're going to have or whatever malicious bug they're going to have. And you have the good guys who are out there trying to build the, the malware bites and trying to build the whatever to protect us. 
you're going to have the same thing here. You're going to have people who are making their newest version of generative AI spam, and you're going to have companies like Google with their synth ID to try and catch these things. Google's synth ID comes from Google's DeepMind, which is their tool that will help identify artificial intelligence. Google says they are the first cloud provider that will give their customers the ability to watermark their images so that you'll know for sure if it was a Google-generated image or if it was an AI-generated image as opposed to an image that was created by you. And okay, that's a first good step, but we're so far beyond that at this point. I hope we've got more and better tools coming out than just this. That's ultimately the problem of this sword and shield game that we're playing here is that the bad guys have the first step here. And that's right now, OpenAI says that they don't have a way to reliably detect if text came out of GPT. And so if they can't detect it coming out of their own tool, what if it comes out of someone else's tool? And then what if someone's trying to use it maliciously as opposed to just generating any kind of text? And so all of these things, we're going to generate a whole new industry. We're going to generate a whole new type of researcher. This is what the future looks like. It is people sitting there making fake things and people sitting there trying to catch fake things. When you think about how using ChatGPT is a good thing and how Microsoft has included it inside of Bing, their search engine, and their browser, Microsoft Edge, you would think, oh, wow, because everyone loves ChatGPT. Everybody's so excited about it. They must be killing it over there with the Microsoft Edge and all of the Bing searches. Well, it turns out that just didn't quite the case. This has failed to make a 1% dent in Google's large, overwhelming majority that they have. And honestly, I didn't even know that I maybe I kind of sort of knew, but Microsoft has not done a great job of advertising the fact that you can go get the advanced versions of GPT inside of Bing, inside of Edge. If so, if you have a, an Office 365 account or a Microsoft 365 account, you can go to the Edge browser and click on Bing. And when you see Bing and you see up in the upper left corner, chat. You click on that and log into your Microsoft 365 account. Now you are using ChatGPT4. It is the latest and greatest, and it is really, really good. But even with all of that, Google still has a 90% total search engine usage. And Microsoft had hoped to get all the way up to 10% usage. They were really excited about what having chat gpt and their bing searches was going to do for them and it didn't move the needle my guess is that for a lot of people that the gpt and large language models are still kind of a novelty they're kind of cool maybe they're playing with it here or there but it's not part of their everyday process yet they they don't depend on it they don't rely on it so it's not something that's going to actually move them and especially Google is also beta testing its own large language model search result. And so the fact that I can use Google and I don't know which model it is, it's probably one of their BARD models. And it's I know it's not as advanced as the GPT models, but whenever I have more complex questions, I can still just go to openai.com and use 3.5. And 3.5 is 
good enough for every problem that I've run into so far. And the big difference between 3.5 and, and 4.0, 3.5's data set ended in 2021. So if you're looking for current data up to today's data, then you need to be using ChatGPT 4.0. So you're either going to pay 20 bucks a month to open AI and create an account there, or you can use your Office 365 or your Microsoft 365 account and, and get the information that way. Either way, I love using ChatGPT or the Bing Enterprise Chat. It's so amazing. I'm I'm one of those oddballs. I've almost stopped using Google, and I use that chat search almost exclusively now. Yeah, the Google's large language model search results, they're okay. Once or twice I've gone to them. I, I really haven't been convinced that it's great. Now, one of the things that Google knows is that most of the time people don't scroll past the second or third link. They definitely don't scroll past 10 links. And so if you can put the answer that they want right there above that, to use the newspaper term, above the fold, that's all people are going to search for anyway. And so do I see myself switching over to Edge just to use Bing, just to use the ChatGPT4? No, not unless it, it becomes wildly better and that's kind of where this is, is that, yeah, sure, it's a cool technology, but you haven't convinced me that I need this and that I need to switch everything that I'm doing to go jump into the other product. The last story we wanted to get to, the Gannett newspapers, the USA Today's, and all of the newspapers that Gannett owns across the country, they were using, they were using lead AI which was writing a lot of stories for sports, and it didn't go well. This is something which we know is coming, that whenever you have local newspapers which are trying to cut costs any way they can, if you can have a story that is basically automatically generated that you don't have to pay a writer for, well, that's content that you can sell an add-on and your marginal cost to generate it was effectively zero. Expect to see this coming very soon, but just not quite yet. There was one football game between Ohio's Westerville North and Westerville Central, and the story said it was a close encounter of the athletic kind. The problem is, is that this phrase showed up in about a dozen other places because the lead AI wasn't very good. They also, at a Wyoming Cowboys and Ross Rams game, described a scoreboard that was in hibernation in the fourth quarter. And then there was another uh, high school that staged a late comeback, and the write-up went on to read, the pilots avoided the breaks and shifted into victory gear. All of this is pretty clunky writing, pretty cheesy writing, pretty hokey writing, but... Whenever you think about a lot of, you know, local describing high school football games, maybe the, the article was written by the high school student. They're covering it for the, the high school newspaper. You know, you're really not expecting the, your uh, Pulitzer Prize winning work here. But my guess is that this is part of what is called the toupee problem that we noticed this one because this one is very obviously computer generated. It's very obviously bad. 
and it's not well written, but how many are well written? How many of these exist that's past that sniff test? And so we don't know. We only can detect the bad ones and that those good ones, they're only going to become more and more common. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.